The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to Top 5, a show where we punch, we swing, and of course we feed lots of quarters into it. It's Top 5. This week, Top 5 consists of five things on each of our lists that represent the Top 5 final bosses. This is a listener suggestion, as always, podcast at Majorspoilers.com. And uh, Matthew, why don't we start off with you this week with uh, your number five on your top five final bosses list. Well, my number five um, came from the world of video games. Not all of my entries do, because it doesn't say five video game bosses. Right, it just says final bosses. Yeah, you're right. I did try to choose characters who fit that archetype of the big boss after the underboss and the mini bosses and sometimes the squad of mini bosses that you run into. Uh, a few years ago, my kid who was maybe five or six, uh, we won, I actually won a Wii and one of the games that we won for the Wii was super Mario galaxy. And it's a sort of a two player game, which meant that she could have a controller and collect all the stars while the game was going on. And I could, you know, not get killed But the problem you'd run into is you still had the final boss problem because you'd fight all these things and you'd fight creatures and a little dragon and baby Bowser. But then you'd have to fight Bowser. My number five, Bowser, specifically for Mario Galaxy, although I think he's an overarching villain for all of the Mario games ever. Almost. He's like the Doctor Doom of Mario. It's not that he's in every one. But even the ones that he's not in, there's usually a guy who sort of emulates him a little bit. Mm. And the thing about Bowser that's extremely frustrating is if you play the games, you know that Bowser taunts. And it's not like, you know, the, ha, 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 I will destroy you. Bowser's like, you're stupid and I don't like your mom and your face is ugly. And there's something just personal and terrible about that. And when he wins, he's a childish, sore winner. And when he loses, he's a thin-skinned jerk. And holy moly, I just had a revelation. But I don't talk politics on this show. So uh, Bowser, my number five, giant turtle with spikes on his back, who you can beat, but you usually have to beat at least three times before he'll actually lay down and die. All right. My number five, all of mine come from the world of video games. Uh, Mine comes from a way, way old game uh, where you had to punch, punch, uppercut, uppercut, and hopefully by the end, knock out Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson, what was the name? Is that just Mike Tyson? Was it Mike Tyson's Super Fight? Punch Out. Mike Tyson's Punch Out. And then it just became Punch Out. Yeah. Yeah. I think that happened after the whole thing where he went to jail. Um, Well, yeah. Mike Tyson went away, but there was still Punch Out. Yeah. Yep. And so uh, something about getting up to the Mike Tyson level and actually being able to defeat Mike Tyson was something that every child imagined that they could do. But when it came down to the actual game, not everyone was able to do that. Because the computer was a cheating bastard. Because it was a cheating game. Yes. Cheaters always cheat. And that's my number five, Mike Tyson. 
Rodrigo, what do you have for number five? Uh, my number five is also Bowser. Yay! <laughs> da, 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 da. Yeah, Bowser is a great villain um, because as like him and Mario have such a history. Right. And a lot of the games, they spend a lot of time like res- referencing past times that Mario has beaten him or whatever. Um, there was a brief point in uh, Super Mario, uh, well, brief in that it was a single game, Super Mario RPG, where Bowser is actually part of the party, mm-hmm. um, which is great. Uh, he's one of, definitely one of my favorite characters to take out in uh, Mario RPG. Um, yeah, Bowser, what's really cool about Bowser is that um, Super Mario games really try to be innovative at each iteration, you know, and um, one, so Bowser always really benefits from that, you know, in uh, Super Mario 64, you have the like bonking him and then like grabbing his tail and trying to throw him out of the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, in Mario Galaxy, he essentially is this like weird physics engine of his own. Um, kind of thing that just like screws you up so much. Um, plus, you know, he comes complete with either one or seven or, or eight uh, little Bowserlings to make your life uh, terrible. Um, and he, Bowser's like just like hilarious and sad. Like he's kind of a sad monster mm-hmm. in yeah. a lot of ways. And Almost he's like, for him. yeah, he's a big, he's just like, a perfect iconic just kind of like big dumb bully mm-hmm. um so uh it's it's hard to stay mad at bowser i don't know like bowser's a, a weird like it's like a great cartoon villain yeah he's like video a, games. he's like the biff tannen of uh, yeah games. well he's like um you know he's like he's reminiscent of like big kind of like iconic villains like the uh russians from bullwinkle mm-hmm. and things like that you know those like curses you got me again, kind of uh, yeah. villain. Yeah. And he was also played by Dennis Hopper. Let's not talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> Matthew, what do you have for your number four? Uh, Rodrigo just retconned the movie. My number four. <laughs> and it's, it's really sad for me because I'm not an avid video gamer. I'm, I'm dilettante at best, but there are certain games that I stick with that just, I, I hang with for years and for several years in the nineties, I hung with a game that I have later learned is considered to be not only bad, but an inferior part of its franchise, a terrible part of its franchise. And some people say it's the reason why its franchise died and hasn't been able to successfully return that game being twisted metal three twisted metal three. I preferred to play uh, thumper, which means I'm driving around in a, a pink low rider with giant speakers in the front that go and have a sonic attack. But if you go and you fight through all these guys, you fight through these bad guys and you fight through and you finally end up in a level on a giant blimp and you have to face the fourth worst final boss in my history, Primeval. Now, the thing about Primeval that's difficult is he's essentially immune to your attacks he has several different finishing attacks. He has incredibly powerful targeted attacks that hit you even if you teleport away. And the only way to beat Primeval is to lure him into, and I am, I am crapping you negative on this, falling out of the blimp. That is how you defeat Primeval. 
you you engineer him falling out of the blimp while not dying with his one hit kill hard to dodge nearly impossible to dodge weapons fighting primeval is one of the most frustrating things in my life and keep in mind i worked in a call center for years fighting primeval is one of those things that occasionally I will pull out an old video game and I will slap that sucker in and I will play it and I'll be like, yeah, this was terrible. But I will never do that with Twisted Metal 3 for two reasons. One, my PS3 with backwards compatible broke and I had to buy a new one so I can't play my PS1 games. But two, because eventually I'd have to end up facing an invulnerable dune buggy that laughs at me. And frankly, that's just one nightmare too many, which is why my number four final boss, Primeval from Twisted Metal 3. Uh, my number four comes from a game that, man, you had to put 50 cents in at a time. And you were lucky if you could get past the first guy or girl. Because then your your whole chest cavity was ripped out. And you were just left being hung by a your skull and a spine. But if you made it all the way up to the top you would be able to fight one of the ultimate bosses in Mortal Kombat, Shang Tsung. And if you could defeat him, you were awesome. But most people didn't make it past, what's his name, Oro? Goro. 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 So uh, Shang Tsung is my number four, simply because it was one of those, what seemed like an unachievable boss to beat. Yeah. Yeah. and I, it wasn't the same. He wasn't the same one in uh, Mortal Kombat Two, and I forget who who that boss was. But Shao Kahn is in in Combat Two. I remember when Mortal Kombat came out on Sega Genesis, mm-hmm. and um, Skrull Brian and I went and got drunk at uh, Oktoberfest, mm-hmm. and then we came back. It was a cold day. We came back to the apartment, and I had been making uh, chili. So for the rest of the afternoon, all we did was eat chili and play. Mortal Kombat and hope that one of us could get up there to defeat uh, Shang Tsung, but none of us did. But Shang Tsung can actually morph into the other. Yeah. That was the thing is he could morph into other characters. So you'd have to fight the same guys you fought before Mm -hmm. or your allies or in some cases yourself. Yep. And it was, it was tough, but eventually on the Sega Genesis, I did, I did beat it, but it was a long time. That one time he nearly killed uh, Jack. In Big Trouble in Little China. Mm, yeah, different uh, was... Shang, but anyway. Uh, Rodrigo, what do you have for number four? Uh, my number four is the the Archdemon from uh, Dragon Age Origins. Mm. And it's, uh, it's really only there because... Uh, okay, so it, what would you expect are, is like... Would, how how uh, important would you say dragons are to a game called Dragon Age? Um, Six eh, out of up ten. There. I would say it's up there. Right. Yeah. There's there's like none of the Dragon Age games from Dragon Age Origins through uh, Dragon Age Two and or Inquisition. Like dragons don't mat don't actually matter in those games. They just have like that very like specific and and, and important name. And I know there's a reason why they're called Dragon Age. It's because the ages of this fictional world are separated. Like you have the Exalted Age and currently the, it's the Dragon Age. But um, there's this whole plot line that's happening about like monsters coming up from underground. And there's this boss of all these monsters of the Darkspawn called the Archdemon. 
Um, the Archdemon, uh, in this iteration of it, takes the form of a dragon, right? And you can tell that somebody was like, okay, I've come up with this amazing plot line for the super cool action RPG that we're going to do. And it's like these demons coming out and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, uh, yeah, but uh, Pete, can you just pause for a second? You realize that the name of the game is Dragon Age, right? So <laughs> are there any dragons in this story? It's like, well, no, it's about ancient gods that got corrupted due to the folly of man. It's like, okay, well, is there like a big final boss? It's like, yeah, it's the Archdemon. It's this like shape of all evil kind of thing. It's like, okay, we'll just have him look like a dragon. And I am certain that that is why the Archdemon looks like a dragon. The final fight with the Archdemon is fun enough. You basically spend the whole game um, either recruiting or kicking uh, various factions. And if you make enough friends, you can deploy them to attack the Archdemon as you're trying to fight it. So it makes for an interesting fight. And presumably the different factions that you get, because some of them are mutually exclusive, make a difference in different ways. But honestly, that fight is just such a mess of like just people running around and getting stomped by a dragon that uh, it's hard to tell if like the fact that I got mages instead of Templars made any sort of difference. Uh, but yeah, my number four, the Archdemon from Dragon Age. Cool. Uh, Matthew, what do you have for your number three? My number three is one that always entertains Stephen when I mention it, but I think it's one that has to be mentioned. When it comes to the Super Sentai series, there is a tradition of minor villains being sent by a greater villain. And eventually, you work your way up, you beat all the minor villains, you earn more powers, you earn more abilities, and you have to fight the big villain. In the 35th anniversary series, Gokaiger, they beat the big bad in like episode 37. And I'm like, well, this is confusing. This is weird. And it turns out, no, the big bad is actually that man's father. It turns out that the villain they've been Batman's father? Batman. That man. Oh, that man. Okay. Emperor Warsgil, the alien Zangyak, who comes to Earth when his dilettante son is killed and turns out to be the most powerful thing ever seen in Super Sentai. And what I mean by that is the final battle takes a whole episode. And during this episode, the Gokaijers, who can use the powers of the previous 34 Super Sentai, have to cycle through all the powers of every single year's hero. It's a big anniversary series. So it takes 35 years of coordinated attacks in order, some of them coordinated weirdly, it's fine, you do it, it's, it's, it's good, in order to bring him down, at which point they then have to kill him again, then they have to kill him one last final time. But what it really comes down to is a, a battle that has an amazingly satisfying ending where all of the heroes are completely spent and they literally collapse on the ground laughing at how great it is to finally be rid of the big bad Emperor Warsgil. I'm not going to try and spell it because, frankly, I, I, I can't. But one of the greatest final bosses ever. And, you know, one of the characters that if I ever came up with a villain, I would definitely want to just steal some of his shtick because he's actually scary, which is strange enough in itself. All right. Cool. Uh, for my number three, I am also going to use one of the uh, the great evils. Uh, in this game, you found this entrance uh, below a sanctuary. You had to go down and down and down and down fighting demons and all sorts of horrible things. 
until you entered hell itself on the final level and came face to face with Diablo. Diablo. This is Diablo from the 1996 video game from Blizzard Entertainment. Diablo made an appearance in both uh, Diablo 2 and Diablo 3, although I was really disappointed in his appearance in Diablo 3. But Diablo There's a cameo is, appearance where he's like wearing a sweater and going, hey guys, what's up? Kind of, yeah. Um, does he get Does he get beaten up halfway through to, and you have to fight a new, better the, Diablo? Well, you meet Diablo in the fourth act, um, but then you what you're ending up doing is fighting archangels in Diablo 3. Uh, or some of the great angels in, in uh, Diablo 3. Um, but uh, Diablo is one of the very first uh, games that I remember just adventure quest games that I remember completing all the way through uh, without just giving up in boredom. And um, when you face Diablo at the end, uh, fire rings and fire breath and all sorts of stuff coming at you, uh, it's a lot of fun. And uh, Diablo, though, fighting the devil himself, earns the devil a number three spot in... Uh, in my list of final bosses. Mm. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, what was that? 16 bits in yeah, 90, 96 or whatever. I think that, I think that's, uh, I think I made it in 32 by that point. Maybe. But, uh, that was, that was a lot of fun. I also, I did complete doom. Doom came out in 90, what? F- five, four, something like that. Mm-hmm. Did you fight doom in that one? Uh, no, but what was the final boss at that one? That wasn't doom. That was, um, well, I better not say, cause it may be on somebody's list. Rodrigo, what do you have for number three? My number three is Demon Emperor Void Dark. Uh, because the people who were naming people in Disgaea did not have any sort of uh, subtlety. <laughs> um, this guy's name is Void Dark. And, you know, from the, 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 um, from the text of the, the game, you know, characters interacting with him, sometimes they'll just call him Void. So like it really makes it sound like his first name is Void and his last name is Dark, uh, which is great because you also throughout the game fi- find out why he kind of turns evil and it's like, but his name was always Void Dark. Uh, so it's, it's like, just like, hey, what should we name our kid? Well, let's call him the greatest evil to ever walk the earth. Hey, okay, yeah. hopefully he grows up to be somebody good. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it is it is just kind of like, what? Uh, but uh, Demon Emperor Void Dark is on a quest to become the greatest uh, demon in all the netherworlds and uh, has basically all of the boss. Basically, OK, so the netherworlds is like this, like multidimensional hell. And each one of them has an overlord and the overlords because they rule over a particular section of hell, have a particular power called an overload skill. Um, so, but Void Dark's overload skill is that he can basically siler away other people's overload overload skills. Mm. Um, so, mm. it's cool because throughout the game, you actually see him come in and like just massacre people and steal their skills. So, by the time you face him you know what's coming and it actually makes it scary. Cause you're like, uh, are, is this fight going to incorporate that thing where like, he like freezes you. And then like, basically all the units that are in the blast, like can't do anything for a turn. And then he does. And then later on, he like shows you something else and he shows you something else. And like right before the fight, he like cacks one of his lieutenants and steals their overload skill. And it's like, well, is that going to come into play? And it does. And it's just like, this fight where you're just kind of dreading everything he's going to do. So it actually makes it like 
it makes for a really interesting, really entertaining final boss fight. Um, of course, he comes from like this weird completionist game where like everything, every single unit that you ever see on the board is eventually something that you can purchase or move to your side. So in the after game, you can actually get him to join you and play with him as, as a unit, which is insane. It's just like, how can like the characters just kind of like forgive him for stuff. And it's just like, yeah, this is, this is maybe a little much, but uh, my number three <laughs> um, scary guy and overall cool jacket wearer, uh demon emperor void dark from this guy of five. This guy, wow. this wow. guy, I t- yeah, he's the this guy. guy over here. He's the guy. He's that guy over there from this guy. He's that guy. He's that guy. He's that guy. He's that guy. Everybody's complaining about. Yeah, wow. Matthew, what do you have for number two? That guy sucks. My number two, uh, as with most of the lists, I have to get a little bit of something related to comic books in here. But I think this one is justifiable because of the structure of the narrative. When you tell a story where there's no seeming overarching villain and people are just kind of wandering around and finding things out and not really knowing what's going on and not really realizing that there is a big reveal. Sometimes it's better than if you go in expecting, oh, it's a mystery, it's a mystery, something's mysterious. So in issue nine of Alan Moore's Watchmen, when Night Owl and Rorschach have broken into Adrian Veidt's office and they're messing around in his computer and Night Owl looks up with a look of utter terror on his face and says, Rorschach, this guy we're chasing, I think it's Adrian. That is that is a dun 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 a literally just game changing moment if you've never seen the movie or read the book before. Yeah, I did both of those forty five minutes ago. Exactly. Uh-huh. And that's a, that's another thing. Adrian is a character who really subverts all of the the overlord list, for lack of a better word. All of the things that bosses do to give you a weakness to beat them, he doesn't do that. By the time the heroes show up and challenge him, he's already completed his final plan. He did it 15 minutes ago. And then when they fight him and they're like, the two of us can team up, no. He is actually so much better at combat that he takes out the both of them without breaking a sweat. And it's really the only the only the interruption of a giant blue naked godlike person that even keeps him from murdering them and leaving their bodies to, you know, rot in the Antarctic. And I really find that fascinating because he's one of those rare evil overlord bosses whose plan goes off without a hitch. And at the end, the heroes actually agree that the world is better off because his final gambit worked. His terrible, terrible, murderous ways have actually probably saved the world from the edge of Armageddon. And it's a really weird inversion, but it makes it incredibly memorable. It makes the story, oh, I don't know, the kind of thing that the rest of the comics industry would rip off for the next 30 years. So you got that going for you, which is nice. My number two, Adrian Veidt from Watchmen, the one final boss that you don't get to beat. And yet somehow it makes the story better. Cool. Uh, My number two borrows heavily from the Universal Horror Monsters. It's a video game that uh, I want to say came out in like the early 80s. I think it was probably an NES thing. I didn't get to play it until it was ported over to the Game Boy. But in it, you 
have to go rescue your son who has been kidnapped by Dracula. <sighs> and so through all of Castlevania, you are swinging your morning star and your big old uh, sword, or not sword, but uh, axe on a chain as you blow through monster after monster after monster until you finally come face to face with Count Dracula himself. Dracula. Dracula blah, blah, blah. blah. And the, the sad thing is, Matthew, you said Adrian Veidt is the uh, bad guy that got away. Mm-hmm. Dracula, through all the Castlevania series, keeps coming back to life. No! And so if your last name is Belmont, then you know what your legacy will be for the next 50 million centuries. Saving what your about son. Veronica? Does she have to fight? <laughs> Probably. I'll have to ask, has, her. Has I'll have to ask her next time like, I see her. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, her mom was big in the gaming industry. She was like a vice president of something. I think yeah. at Nin- was it Nintendo or Sony? I forget which. Um, but uh, yeah, you had to face Dracula as the final boss in Castlevania. Definitely a tough one. And if you made it all the way, because here's the thing on my Game Boy, it didn't have saves. So you couldn't go in and and save your your place and then pick up, you know, later on. You had to run that entire game without stopping. Oh, wow. And that sucked. Sucked. Yep, because uh, getting to Dracula was very hard unless you had like 12 hours to kill. But that's my number two, Dracula. Hey, it's a Dracula. Hey, how you going? I'm a Dracula. Hey, I'm a Dracula. How you doing? This guy over here does Dracula. This guy, <laughs> he's a Dracula over this here. This guy, Dracula. What's that was with this Dracula over here? <laughs> yeah. Rodrigo, what do you have for number two? Uh, my number two is not from a video game. Um, <gasps> no. Is, okay. Yeah. Um, how dare you? No, it's. Uh, have you guys seen Equilibrium? I don't think uh, so. It's Remind a, me. It's a it's a Christian Bale movie. Um, oh, he know. is he is a super cool is gun. He Batman. He's no. He's a super well, cool gun. Okay. Just, oh, like I can't believe this. But this is a big spoiler for I can't believe neither one of you has seen this movie because I was like, hey, the movie came out in 2002. This is a spoiler because it's kind of a twist who turns out to be the final villain. Um, but I'm like, surely a 2002 movie, everybody will have at some point at least. You know, nope, I, nope. All right. Uh, well, hopefully the name won't mean anything to you if you haven't seen him. But uh, yeah, the boss at the end is a guy named DuPont. Um he thinks that he's going to walk in and find father, but as it turns out, it's not him. Um, it's actually DuPont, and they have a super cool gun ninja battle. Um, and it's interesting because the, the guy who plays them, Angus McFadden, McFadden, I don't know, um, is kind of like this round face, kind of portlier guy. So it's like, it's really interesting because, you know, in this movie, you have Christian Bale, uh, who is like kind of a skinny guy. Um, you have Sean Bean, who's kind of a beefier guy, and you have Tay Diggs, and all you see all these guys do super cool gunfighting, um, and they have kind of a similar body type. They're kind of like your Hollywood hunk types, but uh, Angus McFadden isn't. He's kind of like shorter and a little bit like more, I don't know, barrel shaped. I mean, I, I don't mean that as, a, as a, like a bad thing. That's just kind of his body type. So it's like it's interesting to see a guy who doesn't fit, fit that type like basically run around shooting and kicking and doing sword fighting and stuff like that. So uh, my number two uh, spoilers uh, is uh, DuPont from Equilibrium. Spoilers. Ladies and gentlemen, we have made our way through all the mini bosses and now we have made our way all the way up to 
the final boss, our number one in this week's final boss's top five. Matthew, who do you have? My number one is number one for a very good reason. Now, as a whole, I find generally the Grand Theft Auto franchise to be an enjoyably stupid way to kill a few hours of an afternoon. Specifically, my very favorite, Grand Theft Auto Vice City, features a character named Tommy Versetti, who is a lunatic in a Hawaiian shirt, who shoots pretty much anyone and everything. But Vice City does not have the best overarching evil villain. That villain comes in a later entry, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, from about 2004-2005. You are playing a young man named CJ, who just got out of jail for gang-related activities. Coming back to uh, San Andreas, his home city, which is totally not Los Angeles, you guys. And he totally doesn't live in Compton. It's called Strawberry. But he is thrown into just an endless series of terrible events because he has a run-in with Officer Frank Tenpenny, who is voiced and drawn very much like Samuel L. Jackson. So I want you to imagine that you're playing your Grand Theft Auto and you can, you know, ride a bicycle and steal a car and shoot things with your flamethrower, but you keep being sent out to your inevitable doom by Jules freaking Winfield. And you get to the end of this and you're like, oh, I'm going to kill all these guys. I'm going to kill this guy. And uh, I have allies now. And one of them is this totally cool guy named Woozy. Woozy is visually impaired, but that doesn't stop him from shooting people, which I think is wonderful. And you get to the end and you have this final, this final run in, the final big fighty, fighty countdown. And Officer Tenpenny gets away and he grabs a fire engine. And you have a chase through the streets of not Los Angeles as not Jules Winfield races through the streets in a fire engine, mm. yelling Samuel L. Jackson voices back at you. And I don't want to spoiler it, but it's a Grand Theft Auto game. So you know pretty much everybody, but the protagonist dies. It happens. And you get to the end, and it's a really, really satisfying climactic moment. It's one of the few times when you get to that point where a Grand Theft Auto game ends, and you feel like maybe a little justice was actually done. Because a lot of times these game ends with just sort of a, yeah, oh, yeah. Or uh, in the case of Grand Theft Auto V, it ends with a, a brutal torture and murder scene that you actually kind of, after the whole game, feel might have been justified, but you still feel creepy and want to take a shower. Yeah. This is one of those moments where this guy is clearly villainous. He's clearly a manipulative jerk. He's clearly behind so much of the criminal activity and the corruption of San Andreas that even though you just killed Samuel L. Jackson's voice, you feel like you've done the world a solid by taking out my number one final boss, Frank Tenpenny from Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Awesome. Cool. Well, um, my number one is one that is happens to be Mario's greatest boss of all time. You guys put Bowser at number five, but really we know that Mario's greatest boss has always been Donkey Kong since <laughs> the very beginning. <laughs> and no matter what Mario does, he gets to the top. Tries to knock out Donkey Kong, and then the princess gets taken away. It's a barrel. It's a barrel to the face. Yep, yep. exactly. So Donkey Kong is obviously the best of all the final bosses. Bump. 
Yeah, my my oldest is very impressed that he can get through uh, the first three levels of Donkey Kong before he loses all of his lives. What does he play it on? Uh, We've got a gaming table. Okay. An arcade. It's got the arcade version in there. Oh, schmancy. Yeah, Yeah, he likes it. So it's also got Space Invaders, which I like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rodrigo, what do you have for your number one? My number one is a lot of the time when I make a, a list like this for top five, I don't necessarily know what number one is going to be right away. I'll put a few notes down and then I'm like, well, clearly this is the best one. Mm-hmm. But uh, the moment I got this, I knew what this had to be at, for me. And that's Gladys from mm-hmm. Portal. Oh, oh terrible. Uh, yeah. Gladys is, is in fact this sad, terrifying hilarious boss final boss um she is a character that at first you don't know is out to get you she starts out being very helpful um until you eventually figure out that she is trying to kill you um and uh most of the game she's a disembodied voice and finally getting to see what she looks like doesn't mitigate the general terror that you should have uh, for Gladys. And, 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 you know, she's not like a weird spider monster. She's not like, I don't know, like a, a, a broom or a fog or anything like that, that comes out and tries to like, or like a monster that like vanishes or looks like a, any sort of animal. It's a very clean, like machine, like, like, kind of Spartan design that almost makes it more frightening. Um, in Portal 2, she, you kind of end up with like weirdly teaming up with her and it doesn't make her really any less horrifying. It makes her a lot more <laughs> sad when you find out more about her backstory. But um, oh, yeah. Even, yeah. Gladys is, is amazing. You know, like a, a lot of the, a lot of people say that Portal is like the first truly feminist video game because it really only has two characters and they're both ladies and it kind of like flips the first person shooter um, idea on its head. It's like um, above and beyond like an innovation in the kind of escape the room genre. Um, it it had a lot going for it and it was just an afterthought, afterthought for like a Half-Life game. Basically, it just got packaged in with it and it kind of has taken on a real life of its own. But and and that really wouldn't be possible without just like the like superior writing, voice acting, and character design that goes into Gladys. So uh, I, I, for me, it was difficult to think of anything that was a scarier, cooler, or more intimidating uh, final boss. Awesome. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there you go. We have listed our favorite final bosses. Now it's time for you to head over to Majorspoilers.com and in the comments section for this episode, we want to know what your top five final bosses are. Go into detail, tell us what you liked about them, tell us what you didn't like about your final bosses, and uh, we want to read them. In fact, other people want to read them. Other listeners want to read your list, because everybody loves a list, and we will see you next time. You guys go ahead and do top five. I'll just come back once you cool down. (laughs) 